Welcome to Honey on the Sword, Episode 9, Prism. Prism, P-R-I-S-M, in its rawest form of the word, means to saw, to cut through. We are going to delve into how vision, having vision, is like a prism in our lives. Ralph Waldo Emerson is one of my favorite writers, poets, etc. And he has an essay on nature that I listen to every winter. I really should listen to it every season if I'm being honest with myself. In this essay, he describes an attorney and a tradesman both leaving work and they both step out onto the street and they see the sky and the woods. And suddenly, they become a person again, who they always were. Emerson continues on to say, the eye is the best of artists. And as the eye is the best composer, so light is the first of painters. A prism is an object, usually of a triangular shape, that has surfaces that refract at an acute angle with each other and separate white light into a spectrum of colors. So when Emerson says the eye is the best of artists and as the eye is the best composer, so light is the first of painters, it makes me think about how having vision in our lives is like a prism. Emerson continues to say how the health of the eye seems to demand a horizon. We are never tired so long as we can see far enough. We are never tired so long as we have vision. There's an analogy of the tripod that I think relates really well, especially since most prisms are triangular shaped. But in this analogy, the tripod represents who we are, our body, soul and mind, and our spirit. The more we have health and balance between the three, it can actually hold up the camera. And this camera has lenses and we have vision when we are in this health and balance. Sir Isaac Newton has a book called Optics in which he does experiments with prisms. What he discovers by passing light through a prism is pretty amazing. He identified Roy G. Biv, colors that make up the visible spectrum. Red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, and violet. When we have vision, Life becomes illuminated by color. Having vision is like finding the light switch and turning on the light in a room that was dark. Or it's also likened to when the power has been out for a long time and suddenly the light comes back on, the power is restored, the light is there. When we have vision, we are strengthened. And vision actually doesn't just enlighten us, it does something even better. It gives us a wonderful gift, discernment. There's a proverb that I love that says, without vision, 
people cast off restraints. They cast off discernment. Another says people perish for a lack of knowledge. And you guys know how much I love words. So when I looked at knowledge and broke it down to its original form, knowledge actually means to recognize, to acknowledge, to be able to identify and to know. It's said that Sir Isaac Newton identified Roy G. Biv colors that make up the visible spectrum. When we have vision, we can also acknowledge and have knowledge of something, recognize, to identify, to know something. Prisms not only refract, break something down, break down some break something down to its original state. Prisms also reflect. I kept telling my friend Paulina recently how much I love studying and observing and reflecting on different things. And this was in the context of me with nature because I recently pruned one of my plants and I just enjoyed and marveled at how quickly it grew back. And if we look at the word prism in its rawest form, it means to saw, to cut through. I had to prune this plant in order for it to grow even stronger and to be even more radiant. It just made me marvel. But having vision is the same way. Vision helps prune our lives in a way that things can grow better, can grow faster. And as I was thinking about it, I had to send her a message later and I laughed because I kept saying how much I love to reflect on things. And then suddenly it was like, if my face just was like in the mirror, it's like the word reflect bounced right back at me. It illuminated and enlightened me. Even though it's something that I already have thought of, it was just in that moment every time I said I love to study and observe and to reflect on things, I wasn't thinking about that in that way I was thinking about it as the word I like to meditate on things and to study but really the word reflect it means that whatever was going on in my life was being reflected in how much I marveled at this plant and there's a proverb that I love another one of course and so it says as water reflects the face so the heart reflects person. When we have vision, when we recognize and acknowledge what we're focusing on, what's reflected in our lives, it is likened to this prism. And vision not only brings discernment, it brings hope. When we hope, it makes us childlike. Just like how Emerson paints this picture of these Two business people stepping outside and seeing the sky and becoming who they've always been. He continues on to say that, you know, when we look at the sky, when we look up, if we look up at the stars, the rays that come from the heavenly worlds, seen in the streets of cities, how great they are. 
If the stars should appear one night in a thousand years, how we would believe and adore and preserve for many generations the remembrance of the city of God which had been shown. But every night come out these envoys of beauty that light the universe with their admonishing smile. The stars awaken a certain reverence because though always present, they are inaccessible. But all natural objects make a kindred impression when the mind is open to their influence. Nature never wears a mean appearance. Nature never became a toy to a wise spirit. The flowers, the animals, the mountains reflected the wisdom of our best hour as much as they had delighted the simplicity of our childhood. When we speak of nature in this manner, we have a distinct but most poetic sense in the mind. To speak truly, few adults can see nature, Emerson said. Most persons do not see the sun. At least, they have a very superficial seeing. The sun illuminates only the eye of the one, but shines into the eye and the heart of a child. And it just makes me think of that proverb again, as water reflects the face, so the heart reflects the person. Ralph Waldo Emerson says, the lover of nature is the one whose inward and outward senses are still truly adjusted to each other, who has retained a childlikeness. One's interaction with heaven and earth becomes part of the daily food you eat. In the presence of nature, a wild delight runs through a person in spite of real sorrows. Nature says, this one shall be glad with me, not because of the sun or the summer alone, but every hour and season yields its tribute of delight. For every hour and change corresponds to and authorizes a different state of mind. From breathless noon to the grimmest midnight, nature is a setting that fits equally in joyous times and in times of grief. And when I was reflecting on Ralph Waldo Emerson's excerpts from nature that I just shared, it made me think on Stanley Horowitz's beautiful, powerful quote that says, that ties really beautifully with what Emerson just said in the essay about nature. Horowitz wrote, winter is an etching, spring a watercolor, summer an oil painting, and autumn is a mosaic of them all. Horowitz's quote made me think about how each season illuminates and exposes through its prism of time what we need to have. Vision and how vision brings discernment and also hope or the ability to endure. Winter is an etching, spring a watercolor, summer an oil painting, and autumn is a mosaic of them all. As we speak about what we reflect on and how vision is like a prism in our lives, illuminating and bringing light to the areas that may be unseen or that are just in need of light, discernment and hope, 
it makes me think about a psalm and a proverb that says, the path of those who do what is right grows brighter and brighter like the noonday sun, the fountain of life and cascading light. And in this light, we see light. The path of those who do what is right grows brighter and brighter like the noonday sun, fountain of life and cascading light. And in this light, we see light. The prism is likened to vision. This is what it does in us. It makes us transparent. We have been marveling at the beauty of vision that comes from gazing up and looking up at the sky. But we also have to observe and give attention to the oceans and the rivers and how the sea is full of stars, sea stars, also known as starfish. And they come from a family that's called Asteroidea. They're also called asteroids, which is funny when talking about the ocean. I was watching a documentary on the ocean and it made me reflect on how color, light, and sound are all connected and bring vision to our lives. How fitting that sound is also one of our senses that illuminates our lives. The narrator poetically describes how sound is carried farther and faster underwater. Every crackle and click is registered and understood. Isn't it uncanny how words can mean more than one thing? Light, as in brightness. Light, as in something isn't heavy anymore. Reflect and reflect. Whether you mean to meditate or you're giving off something, you're reflecting light. Sound and sound. We hear something, we listen to something, but also the state of our mind, the way we reason and think and discern sound. Vision is like a prism in our lives, helping us remember. We have more depth than the deepest ocean and more vastness than the sky as we discover that there are seasons we go through that we are journeying through. And if we allow ourselves to have vision, discernment and hope tag along. Our lives are like this prism. It reflects vision as water reflects the face. So the heart reflects the person. And I'm going to conclude with a little excerpt from The Little Prince, a children's story. Tonight it'll be a year. My star will be just above the place where I fell last year. It's the same as for the flower. If you love a flower that lives on a star, then it's good at night to look up at the sky. All the stars are blooming. Of course, I said to the little prince. It's the same for the water. The water you gave me to drink was like music. On account of the pulley and the rope, you remember, it was good. 
Of course, I said. At night, you'll look up at the stars. It's too small where I live for me to show you where my star is. It's better that way. My star will be one of the stars for you. So you'll like looking up at all of them. They'll all be your friends. And besides, I have a present for you, he laughed again. Ha, little fellow, little fellow. I love hearing that laugh. That will be my present, just that. It'll be the same as for the water. What do you mean? People have stars, but they aren't the same. For travelers, the stars are guides. For other people, they're nothing but tiny lights. And for still others, for the scholars, they're problems. For businessmen, they were gold. But all of those stars are silent stars. You, though, you'll have stars like nobody else. What do you mean, little prince? When you look up at the sky at night, since I'll be living on one of them, since I'll be laughing on one of them, for you, it'll be as if all the stars are laughing. You'll have stars that can laugh. And he laughed again. And when you're consoled, everyone eventually is consoled, you'll be glad you've known me. You'll always be my friend. You'll feel like laughing with me. And you'll open the window, sometimes just for the fun of it. And your friends will be amazed to see you laughing while you're looking up at the sky. And then you'll tell them, yes, it's the stars. They always make me laugh. And they'll think you're crazy. It'll be a nasty trick I'll play on you. And he laughed again. And it'll be as if I had given you, instead of stars, a lot of tiny bells that know how to laugh.